Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to this emergency Saturday night edition of Sporting Soul, uh, starring me, Patrick Andrus. Normally, I do this on Fridays, but we are doing this special one with my very good friend, Maxwell Chen, <clears throat> because there has been a significant development in the National Basketball Association, and that is the trade of Anthony Davis by the New Orleans Pelicans to Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Max, um, what was your first impression when you heard about the trade? Uh, when I first heard about the trade, um, I initially thought that, um, but like after the trade didn't happen, like during the season, I thought that it might take a little longer, that it might not actually happen this year. So I was kind of surprised that it actually got done pretty early into the summer. Um, and then <laughs> I thought that I thought that it the trade package that the Lakers sent over um, didn't surprise me that much when I first heard about it. Um, but it's looking like a really good deal for the Pelicans, actually. Yeah, um, I like I like the yeah got. Let's break it down. So they got Josh Hart. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and three future first-round picks, which includes the pick in Thursday's draft, the fourth pick, that the Lakers won very last month. So now New Orleans owns the one and four picks in the lottery in the draft on Thursday. So they pretty much – they kind of have a chokehold on the storylines in the early part of the draft, and now it's up to them whether they want to trade down or what their next, whatever, whatever their next move is. Yeah, they really hold a lot of the cards now with um, both the one and the four where they're probably going to draft Zion and then they could choose to draft someone like a Jarrett Culver to go along with that. Um, but there's also a lot of teams interested in getting that fourth spot to draft guards like Darius uh -huh. Garland out of Vanderbilt. Yes, Darius Garland <laughs> from your school. So, yeah, yes. exactly. Um yeah, so there's a lot of teams that might be interested in trading for that pick. So, I mean, they've already got two players that will probably be starting on their team, plus a, a bench player, and they could get even more uh, players for their team by trading that pick. But they could just choose to use it and probably also get another starter out of yeah, the draft. Yeah, I was looking. I think it was – might might have been Bleacher Report that put out a graphic that New Orleans starting lineup – opening night of the 2020 season, it's looking like it'll be Zion, Lonzo, Ingram, Julius Randle, and Drew Holiday. And I think that's a more than solid starting lineup. Yeah, I think so too. With, I mean, obviously they're losing Anthony Davis, but they're building a young core of players that can last them for um, a few years down the road at least. Yeah. So – I think that as far as the draft there is today, I think New Orleans will take a wait-and-see approach. And I th I've, heard, I've heard that Atlanta is making a good offer. I think it was Mark Stein for the New York Times. The Hawks have three first-round picks, uh, they have, including one left over from the Doncic trade. So I think they'll be a big mover on uh, Thursday. Uh, as for New Orleans, could you, could you see them making the playoffs next year if things break right? 
Could you see that happening? I think it could happen if um, if players like Zion and the other draft picks and the other young players actually work well together, then they've got a really exciting group of players. Um, what I'd be concerned about if I was them is that with a lot of young players, you have the tendency for inconsistency, especially on defense. Uh, but, I mean, Zion, um, his skill alone gives him a good uh, defensive profile, but as a young team, they certainly have a really high ceiling, but they might ha- suffer with some inconsistencies. Yeah. On paper, you so as I mentioned, you have Zion, uh, Holiday, Randall, um, Ingram, and Ball. That that's a more than solid defensive team. That might be one of the most underrated defensive teams in the league. But I think that I think there might be uh, some growing pains for Zion. While uh, while uh, it, as implied by my initial question, it wouldn't stun me if New Orleans were to like back into the playoffs as like a like uh, Minnesota what we did last year or maybe like the Clippers this year as that eight seed. Uh, while it wouldn't stun me, I'm not – I don't see it happening. I think there will be a bit of a learning curve both for Zion and for uh, Ingram and Ball in New Orleans. So I think that – so, yeah, let, let's talk about that. With the Lakers now owning LeBron and Davis and Kuzma – on their roster and probably in position to land another marquee free agent. We've heard uh, Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler, so or even Kyrie Irving maybe. Uh, where do you think that places the Lakers now in the Western Conference hierarchy? Well, if we go by what the odds makers in Vegas say, they have the Lakers as the NBA that, title favorites at 72. That surprised me, but – would you would you would you put yeah. it past now that LeBron has a co-star like he did in Miami, like he did in Cleveland? Would you put it past the Lakers? I could see it happening. Yeah, like I, I mean, once the once the Lakers get into the playoffs, it's just a matter of LeBron being a force of nature. Where Cleveland probably shouldn't have been getting to a lot of those um, NBA well, finals, but LeBron just said, "No, nah, we're gonna go." and he made them go. So um, what, if the Lakers actually get into the playoffs, even as like an eight seed, um, I could see them going far into that tournament. Um, but I think they'll probably be much higher up on the um, in the standings than they were. And I think that the addition of Davis actually will make them um, – I mean, they'll probably be competing. I think if the Warriors don't recover from their injury problems – then they could be right up there at that number one seed. Yeah. So uh, Maxwell and I obviously are good friends, and we were at a graduation party earlier tonight, and I was talking with a good mutual friend of ours, uh, Harishi Saraya, and we were breaking down. We, we were doing this same breakdown, and we, were, we, were, we came to the conclusion that the favorites in the West next year with the Golden State hobbled might be the Lakers, Rockets, Trailblazers, and Nuggets. So – I feel like there's going to be a lot of intrigue in that conference. Um, I actually thought that the Trailblazers or Nuggets might be might become dark horse candidates for Davis. I thought the like I thought they might look at the Leonard deal and say, "Oh, maybe we could turn McCollum into Davis, or maybe we could turn 
turn Jamal Murray into Davis. But I, I think that uh, New Orleans got a good, good deal. But I want to ask you this question. Has the Kawhi Leonard deal changed the – Change to like the blueprint of trades in the NBA. Is there a new standard GMs have to aspire to uh, after that that deal worked so spectacularly, ending in a title for Toronto? Yeah, I think a lot of GMs will have to look at that and reconsider because um, the way the Raptors uh, went about it, they said we've got a team here that's um, fairly talented. Um, but we haven't been able to really break through towards the finals. And what they did was they sacrificed DeMar DeRozan, one of their really, one of their most important players, obviously, but they traded it for, they traded him for Kawhi, one of the best players in the league. And they did that with the knowledge that it would probably be a one year rental on Kawhi. I mean, everyone thought Kawhi would just leave after the season, but apparently they were missing. Yeah. They say that he may stay now and also, I, I completely forgot, I think somebody brought it up a few days ago, Paul George, who was originally just supposed to be a rental for Oklahoma City. And they were, and Westbrook helped to sell him on the culture there, and he is now on a four-year deal, obviously. Yeah, so uh, I think a lot, of, a lot more GMs might be willing to take the risk on a player with, like on a one-year contract. Um, because if you – they have to look at the Raptors and say, if we've got most of the pieces in place, if we can bring in that one piece, then we can pretty much finish the project that we've been building toward, even if it's only for one year. It would... Yeah, I think I think it definitely one year to win the title. So um, teams that teams that have the chance to get a rental, they actually are going to look at that a lot more seriously yeah. now. I think. Um... I, what I was interested about this whole saga, so obviously you have the Leonard trade kind of hanging over GMs and how they do business. And I, I think it was telling that Boston, they wouldn't include Jason Tatum in their offer for Davis, which kind of told me that they weren't really serious about getting Davis, which in turn told me that I think Boston wants to keep their young core intact because they know Kyrie's leaving. So I, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting signal sent out by the Celtics. There are so many teams that this deal has an effect upon, but I think that uh, Boston is, a, is not really being talked about as they're in a last year, uh, the 2018 season, when they pushed the Cavs to the seven, seven games in the East finals, uh, despite losing Irving and Hayward. This was like the team of the future, the hot team. Bill Simmons famously said they would win like 67 games and they never really gelled Irving Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Horford. And now Irving is likely out the door. Uh, Hayward's contract is looking like a dud. Horford probably will leave too. And uh, suddenly they're kind of beginning again. What's the path forward? What path forward do you see for the Celtics from losing out on AD to likely losing Kyrie to but maybe the Lakers, Clippers, or Knicks. Yeah, so I think that um, the way they did try to keep Tatum, um, so even if Kyrie is leaving, then that probably says to me that they don't want to, like they probably don't want to take a risk on a one-year rental. So they probably want to 
build from a young cord by keeping Tatum. They might try to build a team around him as opposed to around like Kyrie. So they might need to try and like bring young talent in. They might need to try and build through the draft, although I don't see them tanking yeah. in the future, but in the near future at least. So yeah, they it seems that they're they're at a really tough spot because they're losing um they're losing marquee players and they're really just trying to build with what they've got in terms of young talent. But yeah, it seems that um they maybe were more reticent to go for the one year rental on Davis if they knew Kyrie was gonna leave. Because I mean the Pelicans have Davis and um just other other decent players, but so I I think they probably didn't want to yeah. be in the same position as the Pelicans to have yeah. one so, star. Yeah, I that those are definitely good points. The Celtics probably were reluctant to move. They were reluctant to shift all those assets to New Orleans. And another, and we haven't even talked about Rich Paul, who is the architect of all this, a Sports Illustrated cover man this week. He kind of made the power play that now has Davis on the Lakers. And he he is probably the most important figure of this summer in the NBA because you would have to assume he'd be heavily involved in the efforts to uh, recruit superstars to L.A. But I feel like, uh, like uh, Rich Paul said in that SI article, uh, if Davis would have gone to Boston, it would only have been one year. And I think in the end, Anthony Davis was a big winner because now he gets to go to the Lakers, gets to go to the Lakers for a year, and then he can become a free agent and sign a new deal with the Lakers. And he set himself up well. Overall, I think he might have come out a little bit unlikable, a little bit disgruntled, but I think this entire saga, I think Anthony Davis is the winner, and I think we'll see that on the court next year. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think – um you know, when I think when KD went to the Warriors, you know, I think he knew that people weren't going to be happy with that, but he didn't really care because he was there to try and win a title. And I think AD, although it's not to the point where he's joining like a 73 and nine team, even though he's probably coming out looking a little bit worse, I think he's going there to try and win that title. I don't think he's really worried too much about the like the whole saga that's yeah, followed him. I feel yeah, I feel that uh, AD, AD and LeBron see, I see, I, they were arguing on Twitter who won the trade, and I think that both teams won the trade. I think that this is a win-win because New Orleans has all these pieces that they can construct. They now have a fabulous young team, one of the probably one of the trendy young teams in the NBA. I think David Griffin hit this one out of the park, but the Lakers. They needed to get their co-star to legitimize this entire LeBron quote-unquote kind of experiment. But now they have Davis and, Davis and Kuzma, and, and they're probably getting another star, whether it's Butler, Walker, Irving, whoever. So I feel like this is a win-win kind of situation. Uh, what, are, what are your feelings on that? I think I would agree that it would be something of a win-win because of obviously the um, the pieces that are moving towards New Orleans are exciting young pieces. But let's not forget that Davis is – I mean, he's only 26, so he should be 
reaching the prime years of his career as a Laker. And by the and I mean, he's supposedly gonna sign a four year extension after this year. So by the end of his five years, oh. LeBron will be forty. And so Davis will probably be the key man um in LA moving forward, you know, beyond LeBron's time there. Because yeah. of course he can't play forever. So as much as it pains us in Ohio to think of LeBron, I think they've, they've brought in their franchise player for the next yeah. half decade at least. So it is a win-win, even though they've had to sacrifice a lot of their young talent. It's not as though Davis is like really old or anything. So they've still got um, pieces that yeah. move forward. The Lakers with. have set themselves up very well because, as you said, LeBron is he's gonna he's he's aged like fine wine, famously as Mark Jackson likes to say, but he can't go on forever. And now the Lakers can kind of gracefully move into that upper echelon. LeBron will probably do a lot of the work, and then eventually AD his game will he'll enter his prime, and he'll be able to kind of. I think they're banking on him having a Kawhi-like effect, where he'll be able to carry a game when. I know it's ridiculous to compare LeBron to Kyle Lowry, but hear me out. When Lowry was the guy established in Toronto, right, and Kawhi came in and he was able to carry the team when Lowry faltered. And AD can kind of play that role if LeBron has an off night. I feel like this completely changes. It changes how the Lakers operate because now LeBron has that second star and he might get a third star. So I got to ask you, wouldn't it just be the damnedest thing if in the end it was LeBron and Kyrie with AD on the Lakers? I think that would be incredible <laughs> to see LeBron and Kyrie again, yes. you know, after what they did on the Cavs. But I mean, going back to your point, when LeBron was out injured this season, they essentially had to revert back yeah, a to a team that finished right down, right down the bottom of the NBA. So um, if they can bring in AD and another star, then even if LeBron goes out injured for a while, they've still got two marquee players at the team. So they can still like, – it won't be like this season where without LeBron they were essentially um, a lottery yeah, team again. I, I think it's pretty universally agreed that LeBron's injury was the – big torpedo this season. I mean, you can talk about chemistry and everything, but this team, it, they were running pretty smoothly on the court, and then LeBron got hurt on Christmas, and that completely changed the dynamic of their season. I think, in conclusion, uh, I think that the Lakers, completely different from last season, and if I were a Lakers fan, I'd be smiling, even even knowing what you gave up, because it's it's a new day in L.A. And I feel like now the Lakers are even more legitimate than they were last year. I remember last year people were saying, oh, LeBron's on this Clamor franchise, and now they're elite again. Well, now you have LeBron and AD, and I think that the Lakers are even more glamorous than they were with just LeBron. Now, can you imagine – the national TV draw. What the na- the national TV draw for the first game between the Lakers and Pelicans? Yeah, the first Lakers Pelicans matchup is going to be 
something else. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Imagine LaVar Ball courtside. Yeah. He, oh, he, did you see he has already cursed the Lakers? He says they will not win a championship in the next few years. Hold on, Patrick. I think you cut out for a little bit. Can you repeat um, that? Did you see LaVar Ball has cursed the Lakers and says they will not win a championship in the next few years? Uh, um, yes. Hopefully for the Lakers, it's not like the guy <laughs> who cursed the Cubs because they wouldn't let him into the, yes. into the stadium. So, we'll but yeah, we'll see the Lakers in the NBA Finals in 21-27. Winning the NBA yeah. Finals. But, yes. Okay. LaVar Ball is – Okay, after, LaVar Ball – their opponent blows uh-huh. a 3-1 lead. Oh, that, that's a sore spot. That's a very sore spot. Oh, yes. <laughs> LaVar Ball has spoken. So, I feel like now we can end this podcast in peace. Uh, Maxwell, thank you for jumping on tonight on somewhat short notice. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Davis, Los Angeles Laker. It's a new day in the NBA. Uh, And we will see you Monday with my good friend Josh Fisher. We'll talk all things NBA, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team, the Indians, and the Browns. So, so long for tonight, everybody. Have a good week.